we believe better patient experiences begin with a commitment to every aspect of healthcare. This is Full Circle Healthcare, a MedSphere podcast. Welcome to this episode of Full Circle Healthcare. I'm your host, Shelby Skirhawk. Now, in a previous episode of Full Circle Healthcare, we discussed how one behavioral health center sifted through nearly a dozen different EHR platforms before they finally found one that worked for them. Well, today we're discussing the cognitive burden of electronic health records or EHRs with David McFarlane, Marketing Communications Manager for MedSphere. David, welcome. Hi, Shelby. Thanks for having me. So when you think about the costs of new healthcare technology, you often think of the financial costs. But when you say cognitive burden, what are you referring to? I mean, I think first it's actually important to touch on those financial costs, uh, which are just outrageous to a certain extent. The, the different solutions vary dramatically in terms of how much they cost. And it's a diff- difficult decision for financial managers and hospitals and health systems to determine to balance out um, what they need with their own budget. But what they're also now finding is that the introduction of the technology into the clinical environment has other costs in terms of what it's asking of clinicians. And so we're several years now into this uh, process, not experiment necessarily, but process with introducing, introducing digital technology into the clinical environment. And we're learning a lot about how it's working and what we need to do to make it work better. So this idea, I don't think would be foreign to anybody because we all work on computers primarily now. And this idea of multitasking came into vogue a number of years ago in which we were convinced through the use of computers that we could do all these things at the same time and still be efficient in doing all of them. And I think computer scientists and social scientists have pretty much determined that that was not true. It is never going to be true. And that for human beings, do, trying to do too many things at once means you don't do any of them well. And that is kind of the situation we put clinicians in as they try to use a computer system to uh, back up all their work. So cognitive overload is a, a, a cost, no doubt. Uh, and so I had read a 2019 study that found that 77% of clinicians overwhelmingly identified charting and documenting and EHRs as a source of cognitive burden or cognitive overload. So David, what's the result then for doctors, nurses, and then ultimately patients? Well, the result is um, unfortunately a somewhat distracted clinician. Um, we have a tendency to elevate the social status um, of clinicians, doctors in particular, and almost make them sort of deistic and forget that they're subject to the same sort of human influences as the rest of us. So if they're trying to write a prescription or if they're trying to enter patient notes and they're distracted by other things on the computer, alerts and things like that, then the likelihood of, of errors increase. And no patient wants to hear that there might be more errors in their um, clinical experience. Well, so the, yeah, I mean, this multitasking doctor, um, I think we've all been there, you know, even just as patients, you know, not, not even from the B2B side, but, you know, from the patient side, uh, we're sitting in the doctor's office, the doctor is uh, writing out your prescription if they're still doing paper prescriptions, or uh, they're entering uh, their their notes into the EHR, you know, right there in, in, the, uh, in the exam room. 
that silence, it's almost like our human nature to kind of fill in those blanks. And so you start talking some more, maybe you ask questions, but <laughs> you know, you, you don't realize they're, you know, they're, 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 they're the same type of distracted that you would be if you're trying to write out an email or say something cohesively, uh, and somebody else is talking to you and asking you questions at the same time. It really is, you know, it's, it's human nature. It sounds like you've had this experience. Is, is yes. that is that accurate? Have you? Yes. You've sat there in the doctor's office while they pound away on the keyboard, and there's these extended minutes of silence, and it gets awkward, right? Yes, exactly. You know, actually, early on in the EHR adoption process, I think that was the primary complaint. It may be probably, it maybe it uh, still is for patients. Their complaint is that the doctor's looking at the, at the laptop and not at me, especially for older patients. Yes, that was a great concern. When the doctor wasn't looking at them and talking to them, um, there was a lot of dissatisfaction and concern amongst older patients. So, a lot of doctors brought in scribes so that um, so that they're looking just at you as the patient, and the scribe is writing everything down while they're talking, or they're using um, uh, voice recognition software like Dragon to just transcribe everything, and that improved the situation, but it didn't necessarily fix that problem with uh, distractions, with just too many alerts and too many things at once. Right, right. Well, and that's, you know, that is that cognitive overload. So um, I want to talk about the nuance here. So when EHRs were first being adopted, there, uh, at least from the clinician side, there was hesitation about the time that it would take uh, one to make all of these past paper records electronic. And then there was more pushback about the the time and attention it would take to chart patients in these very busy doctor's offices where, you know, the rooms are turning over very quickly or you know, emergency departments. So what's the balance for health technology tools? Uh, and can they be, well, I guess, what is that that nuance of whether they're a help or a hurdle for clinical tasks? Yeah, um, that's the sort of $64 billion question. Right. So, um, so the initial part of your question is interesting in that a lot of the paper records did not actually get migrated um, to a digital format. It costs a lot of money to do that migration. Um, and then the format of it, you know, some hospitals and health systems simply scanned paper records. So basically you've got a PDF attached to the patient record and you can pull that up if you needed it. But that's also sort of um, time and labor intensive. So some decided just to not do it. Um, and they just moved forward with the electronic record from the get-go. And if they had to look at historical information, they still had those paper records on file. But you know those paper records take up space that could be used for something else. Right. And it adds another step step to the process, you got to go find a file and look that stuff up, which is exactly the situation that electronic records were supposed to fix. Right. So as to the nuance and the balance, I'm not a clinician. I just read a lot about a clinician's experience with electronic health records and see the same surveys that you referenced. And I don't think we've struck that balance um, at all right now. And only in the last few years have we started to really become cognizant and acknowledge the ways in which uh, the process is not yet yet satisfactory for the clinician and there's a lot of work to be done. So 
I mean, there is some balance in that um, a 15-minute visit with a patient probably entails another 15 minutes in data entry later in the day. And so when physicians see patients for seven hours and then, you know, potentially have another seven hours of data entry, that certainly isn't making their job better or their lives better. So that balance is something that we're still um, absolutely working toward. What are then the steps towards that balance? I mean, you know, uh, right now it, it may feel like, you know, so all of the... I guess all of the nuances, the the negative nuances, if that's a thing, uh, can make you know health IT uh, a little bit burdensome. But what are some of the the features that uh, that are making a difference, that are really helping with clinical tasks, and uh, and how can the right platform with these uh, with these right tools uh, be the difference maker? Right. Thanks for that. Um, I think I, we were sort of, or I was trending toward the negative for the first part of this conversation. So it's it's obviously crucially important to talk about the benefits or or this whole experiment wouldn't even be worth it. So why do we go down this path in the first place? Um, what healthcare IT enables the clinician to do first and foremost is see the patient record right in front of them. Everything is right there. Um, everything from recent years is right there and they can just do, you know, click on a few things and see lab results and trim those lab results and see how they impacted other vitals and all this other stuff that actually wasn't as easily accessible previously. Um, the record pops up alerts um, if some of those vital signs uh, were concerning at all to the clinician. Um, it comes a good EHR. EHR comes with embedded communication tools so that the clinician can easily communicate with colleagues, um, with the patient themselves through a patient portal. I mean, the list is really long of the benefits of it, which is why everybody gets really excited about the promise. But just, you know, slight tweaks to the system make, make them much more usable. There was an interesting study published in uh, 2019, I found, that showed that really not dramatic tweaks to a system in terms of prioritizing alerts or lab results and things like that, elevating the status of certain types of information over others made the clinician's job uh, dramatically easier. And the responsibility is on us, on the healthcare IT companies, to get the information from clinicians that, um, that we need in order to make these tweaks to the system and improve the way that it works for them. What were some of the tweaks that, that really uh, were outstanding benefits for, for clinicians? Well, the one I mentioned previously, there was, um, so there's this idea of just having data available. Mm -hmm. And if you just have a data available um, on a patient in the patient chart, that's great. It's readily available. But if there's a mountain of data and you have to sift through all of it to find what's relevant for you and for that patient, boy, that occupies a lot of time. So it's a matter of making the systems intelligent enough to identify the data that is most important to the clinician in that moment. And that's still a process. Um, it's a matter of, and these were the tweaks that were suggested in the paper I read. So which was really interesting because this is not, as the paper said, these are not dramatic tweaks. This is, this is not, you know, wholesale overhaul stuff. Um, but it's also a matter of understanding the workflow in the environment. So uh, a good EHR is adaptable to the workflows that are established in that hospital or health system. 
So we can not ask the clinicians to dramatically change the way that they do their job. And we can say, no, the system can, you'll have to change a few things about what you do. But for the most part, the system can meet you where you are. Um, and that makes them a lot happier. Yeah, well, meeting them where they are, I mean, that's that's really the key to any uh, good technology solution or, or partner, really, because, you know, companies like Medsphere, uh, you know, they're trying to make solutions, make things easier. You know, there's already so much that has to be done. And, and for health, you know, healthcare IT uh, professionals, uh, there's a lot to choose from. So, uh, you know, how does Medsphere help, uh, you know, hospitals see how choosing the right platform is, you know, the key there? Well, our sweet spot, the market that we feel like we're best um, prepared to support is um, smaller hospitals. There's a big gap in healthcare IT in the U.S. in terms of what, uh, who the healthcare IT vendors, IT vendors serve. There are some really large companies that make extremely extensive, sophisticated, uh, but also very expensive systems. And um, the United States has a network of uh, rural and critical access hospitals that are kind of out there on the fringes and feel like they're out there on the fringes, sometimes with very little support. And so our goal is to provide that support. Um, we offer a system that's um, sophisticated for the, for the price, um, and we offer subscription service, so we don't ask for any money up front. Um, and these smaller hospitals with limited budgets can basically basically subscribe to the software. We make it available in the cloud. They don't necessarily have to have these massive server room on, rooms on site. So the goal is to look for the aspects of the healthcare system that are sort of the have-nots, for lack of a better phrase, and provide them with the services that a lot of the larger vendors really don't want to come down market to provide. It's not worth it to them financially. And that's that's a huge concern. I mean, you know, it's just like any uh, technology platform. You know, I, I always, you know, when uh, you know, I always used to use the analogy of, you know, buying a Cadillac or a Kia. Now, nowadays, of course, I don't know if that's still accurate, but, uh, you know, we don't need the Cadillac of, of platforms. We don't need this huge enterprise level solution. Uh, but, you know, it's got to be better than the the piecing together that that we've been doing. And that I think that ex, that is what a lot of smaller hospitals and rural systems are facing. They're really just trying to piece together bits and pieces in order to create a cohesive solution where there are technology health tech solutions that would be the right size and the right fit for them, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the right cost. That's a good analogy. Um, do you, did you end up buying a Cadillac or a Kia? <laughs> um, I, uh, well, I, I urged our IT professionals to stop uh, building their own car. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and the, asked the Franken for, vehicle. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And uh, we went, you know, for a middle of the road. And, and I think I said a Honda Accord. But again, that's <laughs> the, and the analogy may not be accurate anymore. No, I think it absolutely still is, and it certainly isn't limited to healthcare IT. I mean, one of the problems with technology is that um, uh, Word, for example, right? So I end up in Word uh, most of the day because I end up writing and editing a ton of stuff. Yeah. And Word is a massive application. Um, and, you know, Microsoft has been updating it. It's been around for decades. And it has tons of functionality, um, you know, keystroke functionality that, 90% of the users don't even know about. Exactly. 
And so for, you know, those 90% of the users, that's not really relevant functionality. Um, it may be helpful if they were to learn about it, but they probably wouldn't take the time to learn about all of it. And I'm not suggesting in any way that, you know, word processing is like uh, healthcare IT. I mean, certainly there's a more vital concern in a hospital, but to a certain extent, clinic. Yeah, but in the analogy works. Well, I, I think it does. It's still relevant for me, as, you know, as a marketing guy, not a clinician. Um, they end up with functionality sometimes that you can turn on all these bells and whistles. And some, often the clinicians will say, you know what, we just don't, we just don't need that. And alert fatigue is a real thing. I mean, they're talking regularly about how all these alerts keep popping up, warning us about stuff. And they're going back to the vendor and saying, okay, you know, a certain percentage of this, would you please just turn it off? Cause it's becoming more of a problem than a support basically. Yeah. That gets back to the car analogy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, and so, you know, as we uh, start to to wrap up our, our discussion today, we've talked about the cognitive burden of electronic health records uh, and how that is that is a key consideration when you're trying to choose the right solution, uh, you know, for your, uh, you know, small healthcare system, large healthcare system or office or, uh, you know, private practice. There's uh, there's a lot to consider. So I guess uh, if we were to if you're to you're a marketing guy. So if you were to put a headline on this episode, uh, what do you think is the most uh, key point that you want our listeners to take away? Well, I think the key point is that partnership um, will alleviate the cognitive burden. I mean, you need somebody that you can rely upon and work with uh, closely and frequently in order to tailor the system that you're using to meet your needs. That cognitive burden is not absolutely essential. Um, it's this will be the longest headline in history, by the way. So uh, <laughs> we don't have to go into this thinking that oh yeah, we have the healthcare IT system, so we have to get ready for the cognitive burden, and it's unavoidable. And that's absolutely untrue. Tailoring a system to the needs of the facility and to the workflows of the clinicians can alleviate much of that, as a lot of studies are now showing. And so it's about partnership. It's about understanding your needs and uh, and finding that right sized system uh, for for you, right? Absolutely. Right now, we'll uh, wrap up this particular episode of Full Circle Healthcare. Uh, David, thank you so much for uh, for joining me and for the conversation. Shelby, it was my pleasure. Thanks very much for being here. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Until next time, I'm Shelby Skirhawk.